I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We've been walking through Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, where the preacher of Hebrews has been taking us through various Old Testament characters, not so we can learn the history, but so we can learn the example as they mentor us, guide us, coach us. And now we turn the chapter to chapter 12 as we hear the preacher begin with therefore. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for the privilege of studying it together. And now as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own. Through the name of Jesus the Christ, amen. Over the summer, we have been looking at Hebrews 11 with that hall of faith as I shared, looking at the various Old Testament characters, learning from them, like... Abel, who made an offering to God, Enoch, who walked with God, Noah, who builds an ark when there's not even a cloud in the sky, Abraham and Sarah, who are told, pack up, leave everything, and go to a land that you've never been to before, and regardless of how old you are, I will give you descendants. Jacob, who wrestled with God, Joseph who had wisdom and protected the people of God. Moses, who led the children of God out of slavery. Rahab, the prostitute, who protected God's people as they were moving into the promised land. Deborah, the prophet, the judge, the leader who was willing to lead Barak and the army of Israel to victory. Samson, who allowed God to work through him in spite of himself. David, a shepherd boy that becomes the king of Israel, the greatest king in all of Israel. Samuel, a prophet, a priest, a holy man of God. So many examples in Hebrews 11, and we turn to the next chapter, and now it's by faith, you. By faith, me. It's our names. What does it mean for our names to be placed there? What would the preacher of Hebrews write about us, our lives? How has our faith impacted others? How has our faith taught anyone else, mentored someone else? How has our faith made a difference to us, to God, to the church, to the community in our world? I love the way then the preacher of Hebrews begins with, therefore, since you've got this great cloud of witnesses, therefore, now let us just run the race that's set before us. They use that athletic imagery of running the race and coming off of the Olympics. It's been, 
great to be able to see people run powerfully the races that were set before them. This is like a relay race that the preacher's talking of where one is running and passes the baton to another and they take it and run the leg of their race. And now that we're surrounded by those, this great cloud of witnesses who've run, who now are cheering us on, what does it look like for us to run our leg of the race? So the preacher says... You have all these examples, now it's our turn. So first thing we need to do is lay aside the weight and the sin that's holding us back. Now that's two different Greek words here because the word for, for weight, it's not necessarily a sin. There are some things that are not sins to us and the Greek word implies an encumbrance. Something that keeps us from maneuvering freely. What is it that is hindering us from being the people that God is calling us to be? I loved watching our athletes as they were in the Olympics. And it was interesting to see, though, they had on these athletic uniforms that, that they would come into the stadiums, go to the poolside, and they would be wearing them. But about the time it was time to compete, whether it was gymnastics or whatever it might be, those sweatsuits and outside uniforms would come off so that then they could, they could run the race, swim the race, perform in their sport in ways that were freeing. We just can't imagine seeing somebody dive into the pool wearing all this stuff. It would hold them back. There's no way that they could ever win if they didn't peel off that which is hindering. I'm reminded as well in Mark chapter 10, the story of Jesus and the disciples going into Jericho. And as they arrive into Jericho, there was a blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And as he cries out, the people try to, hush, man, he's teaching. What are you doing? You know how we get impatient with others and they would try to order him to be quiet, but he would get even louder. Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus calls for him to come forward. And I love what Mark 10 verse 50 says, and that is, so throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. He wanted to be able to move to Jesus freely. And so it was like anything that's holding me back, he let it go so he could run to Jesus. And Jesus then healed him. Your faith has made you well. Also remember the story in Luke chapter 10 when Jesus is visiting with Mary and Martha. You may remember the story because Martha is the one who just loves to provide and care and take care. The house had to be right, had need to be dusted, vacuum clean, meal prepared, table set. Everything had to be just right. Mary, sitting there at the feet of Jesus, listening. And Martha goes, Jesus, don't you even care? She should be helping me. And Jesus looks at her with love and compassion and says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. And she had the opportunity 
to be sitting at the feet of Jesus listening. Now she was serving. We have to be careful that we don't set Martha aside or look down on her. She was trying to love and serve, but there comes a time where you just need to focus on being with Jesus. You are worried and distracted by many things. We have to lay aside the weight, the preacher of Hebrews said. What is it that's distracting us, that's holding us back? What is the cloak? What is it that, it's not necessarily sin, but it keeps us from maneuvering freely, keeps us from being the Christian, the disciple that God is calling us to be. Habits that we may have, relationships that may be difficult or challenging, interfering with our faith and our walk. What is it that you may have that's that distraction? Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he said, strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added unto you. Or the way the song rephrases it with some of the other Bible versions, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. Sometimes we have to look at our lives, and this is a good time as we are starting to end the summer, begin the fall, new Bible studies, new classes, new ways of growing in discipleship. What are some of the things that keep us from growing in faith or walking in faith, serving in faith, being the people that God is calling us to be individually as Christians or together as the church? So the preacher says, lay aside the weight and the sin. Not necessarily the same thing. That Greek word for sin is harmatia, and that's the brokenness. That's where we've gone against God. That's where the relationship with God has been fractured or broken. Our sin where we have turned away from God, and now we're called by God to, to turn that back. Sin, it's one of those words we don't like to use a lot today because it implies that there's something inside of us that may need to be changed. And yet Jesus began his ministry saying, repent for the kingdom is at hand. So what is our sin that we need to turn from? I mean, I love the scripture that Paul gives us in Romans 3, 23, when he says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us, all of us have sinned. All of us have something we need to lay aside. But we are now justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Or 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message that we have heard from Him and proclaimed to you. That God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Hear the good news. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. 
But the good news, if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We don't have to live with the guilt and the shame of our brokenness and our sin. Many of us, we try to run the race, and yet we're dragging things in our lives that we've been carrying since the time we were children, the time we were youth, years ago, or maybe just yesterday, or today even. But the good news is, is that the preacher says you can lay that aside. And the scripture makes it clear that God so loved you and so loved me that he gave his only begotten son so that we could be forgiven for our sins. He died on a cross that we could be forgiven, rose so that we can have life. Good news, we can run because we can set aside those things that hold us back. What are the things in your life that are weights, hindrances, or the sin and brokenness and the shame and the guilt that you're dragging along? Bartimaeus threw his cloak aside so he could spring forward and run to Jesus. The preacher says we can run as well. And he says, run with perseverance. Run, not walk. So many of us in our spiritual lives, if we're not careful, we we go out for our spiritual stroll. This is a race. We are called to run with perseverance, not coast, but to run. One of the movies I enjoy watching, although I will confess it does get a little bit long, is Forrest Gump. Now, many of you have watched Forrest Gump, and, and you know the scene where when Forrest Gump is the little boy and he's got all these knee braces on, the other kids start bullying him. There are some boys that catch him as he's coming home, and, and they're on their bicycles, and they start bullying him. They start throwing things at him and making fun of him, and Jenny yells out to Forrest, run, Forrest, run. That line that just became kind of the, the theme of the movie, run, Forrest, run. And you see this little boy take off and those braces are holding him back and he's trying to move and the bicycles are coming, but then the braces start falling off of his legs and pretty soon he can run. And I mean, he can run. He outruns the kids, and then he realizes, I can run wherever I need to go. He even says, from that day on, if I was going somewhere, I was running. Well, the preacher of Hebrews is shouting to you and shouting to me and shouting to us as the church, run, church, run. Not walk, but run. Run with perseverance, the race that's set before us. And our race is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's, it's not one of those things where I had that spiritual moment and I, I ran for a few minutes and then I stopped. It is a lifelong marathon run. Run with perseverance, the grace, the race rather, that is set before us you. 
preacher of Hebrews is worried that they're going to drift away. In Hebrews 2 verse 1, the preacher says, Therefore we must pay greater attention to what we've heard so that we do not drift away from it, but we run. We run the race that's set before us. Every one of us have a call by God. Sometimes the danger of reading Hebrews 11 is we go, there is no way I could be an Abraham. There is no way I could be a David. There's no way I could be a Joseph. There's no way I could be. And we have a tendency to there's no way I could be. If you'll notice, though, in the Scripture, that tends to be the call motif that you see. You see it with Moses. God calls, we resist. God calls again, we resist. Then pretty soon God gives us a sign, and finally we surrender. You see it with Moses. You see it with Gideon. You see it throughout the Scriptures. Probably even see it in your life. I see it in mine at times when God is calling me to do something. I go, no, nah, God, surely not. No, nah, God, I must be misunderstanding. And finally, God just kind of, and then we realize this is the call. This is the call. What is God calling you to be? Who is God calling you to be? What is he calling you to do? And the preacher says, and when you run, then look to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of your faith. Now, I love the way the New International Version, the New American Standard Bible, and different ones will share fixing your eyes upon Jesus. I love that. Just fix your eyes upon Jesus and stay focused there and run the race that's set before you. It's the worship song that we sometimes sing, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Looking to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. And we see Jesus then at that finish line, sitting at the throne of God. When I read the scripture, I think about all those who are around the throne of God. And one of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Revelation. It's sad to me that so many have misread the book and, and missed the beautiful imagery and the visions that God gives to us. But one of those is in Revelation chapter 7, beginning of verse 9. After this, John said, I looked and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and people and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. Skipping down to verse 13, then one of the elders addressed me saying, who are these robed in white and where have they come from? And I said to him, sir, you're the one who knows. Then he said to me, these are those who have come out of the great ordeal. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb for this reason. They are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. And the sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of the water of life and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Hebrews 11 and 12. It's a beautiful section of scripture. It's almost sad that we're coming to an end of this series because by faith, 
by faith we've learned from so many examples and now we see them around the throne. We can name loved ones who've been part of our lives who are now around the throne of God. And the preacher says to you and to me now, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race that's set before us. That baton is now being placed in our hands. The race is for us and the next generation will look at how we have run the race. And the next generation will be impacted on how we ran the race that was set before us and what kind of faith we will have to hand them when we pass the baton to others. Let us run the race set before us. Eugene Peterson paraphrases the scripture in the message. And this is the way he paraphrases Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. He said, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blaze the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it, strip down, start running, and never quit. No spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished the race that we're in. Paul in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24 says, Do you not know that in a race the runners all compete, but only one receives the prize? So run in such a way that you may win it. By faith. Abraham, by faith, Noah, by faith, Samson, by faith, David, by faith, Samuel, by faith, you, and by faith, our church. And the preacher looks at you, and the preacher looks at me from Hebrews. The preacher looks at all of us as the body of Christ. And shouts out, run church, run. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.